Hi, my name is Dr. Mark Allen Derry, and I'm an infectious diseases specialist in New Orleans. Hi, my name is Doc Griggs, and I'm a community medicine doctor and health literacy expert. This is the Noise Filter Podcast, where an infectious diseases physician, that's me, and a health literacy and communications expert, that's me, talk about what you need to know about COVID-19. You can find more information about this show and our other daily live updates and Q&A show at noisefiltershow.com. So let's get started. Socially isolated. With the pandemic continuing, there's been studies showing that people's social skills and cognitive skills are declining. With the academic school year just starting, many people are concerned about the negative impact that social distancing may have on students. Some people haven't interacted with anyone since the lockdown began in March. So what can this lead to? Research has been done on inmates, astronauts, and even soldiers who spend a tremendous of time in isolation, and it's shown that social skills are like muscles and that they're lost from a lack of usage. We always hear the term, if you don't use it, you lose it. Well, people who are separated from society report feeling more anxious, awkward, and impulsive. Whether we recognize it or not, it's happening to us now during this pandemic. When we haven't socially interacted with people for so long, our brains may interpret it as a threat. When you're isolated, it's like a biological signal, like thirst or hunger, which can lead to negative emotional, cognitive, and physiological effects on ourselves. Sometimes this loneliness that we're experiencing, it can be camouflaged as anger, lethargy, sadness, and irritability when we are not getting the human attention or interaction we need. We like to feel as though we're part of something important and that we matter to the world. Yeah, Doc, you know, the the feelings of isolation and loneliness are abounding. And we've been talking about that since the very beginning. We want people to be physically distant, but socially connected. And the non-creepy things with the eyes. You make eye contact with people to get the oxytocin burst, which is the love, one of our love hormones, by making eye contact. We are social creatures. Yeah, Doc, yet another wound that has been unmasked with COVID-19 is uh, isolation over the weekend. I was reading an article about single people and those that are truly isolated and how difficult, and I think I remember the words crippling anxiety was some of the descriptors. So I'm very fortunate. You and I are both very fortunate. We've been locked down with our spouses and spared some of this really horrific isolation that some people have felt. But what we want people to remember, and Doc, we said this, I mean, this is, we're not in phase one. Even when we were, we would go, it's okay to go for a walk. It's okay to see people. We just don't want people crowding up like holiday weekends, like nothing's going on. It's okay to go to the, make eye contact, to go to the park, to walk in your neighborhood. You don't have to, you're not alone in this. We're all in this together, but we're not at phase one. We, there is some semblance of normalcy that you can get. So we encourage people talk, reach out to your family and friends. It's that eye contact that is most important. So people know that you matter. So please folks. And if you have, if you find yourself perseverating or focusing too hard on feelings of isolation and loneliness, please reach out. There are numbers, the number's escaping me right now, help me, <laughs> that you can call for help. Please reach out to the National Alliance for Mental Illness, that's NAMI, and you can find more information about them at 800-950-NAMI, that's 800-950-NAMI, or 
If you are suicidal, please, please call the Suicide Prevention Lifeline, which is 800-SUICIDE. So if you know anybody or you yourself, please call 800-SUICIDE. And remember, folks, we're all in this together. You're not alone. We care. We love you guys. (laughs) Costa Rica is not allowing U.S. visitors. The Costa Rican Tourism Institute said in a statement earlier this month that it anticipates major tourism losses for 2020, which will account for half of the country's income. The Tourism Institute stressed the importance of the entry requirement, like a negative coronavirus test, to reactivate the country's tourism industry. Costa Rica has not permitted U.S. tourists to enter since it imposed closures in March. On August 1st, the country began accepting some foreign nationals with a negative coronavirus test. Costa Rica is now allowing U.S. visitors to once again enter their domain, but this is not applied to all states. Starting in September, only Americans with a valid state ID proving that their residence is in New England or northern eastern seaboard could enter Costa Rica under these terms. The residents of these 11 states, including D.C., must also show proof of a negative coronavirus test results in hand. By mid-September, Americans with valid state IDs from Colorado, Massachusetts, or Pennsylvania will also be permitted to enter under these new rules. All visitors, regardless of their home, country, or state, will be required to have a negative coronavirus test result acquired within 72 hours before their flight. Travelers will also need to have proof of medical insurance and fill out a health form online, according to a statement by the Costa Rica Tourism Board. The entry of travelers from these 12 states is allowed because they currently have an epidemiologic status similar to or lower than the levels found in Costa Rica. Visitors will be permitted to arrive through a connecting airport in another state as long as they don't leave the airport during their layover. The Costa Rica Tourism Board foresees that these measures will be sustainable over time if everyone adheres to the protocols. So, yeah. So I think that Costa Rica officials are making the decision to allow tourists to enter based on epidemiological standards. So, Doc, (laughs) this story, it, it really does highlight how what a new normal is looking like, especially new normal for what travel is going to be looking like. And I anticipate that you may have countries that may target states and say, not them, but you are okay to travel. And I see this as a new normal, you know, they, it could be that maybe Italy will be close to people from Louisiana, but would be open for people from New York. Doc, does this sound vaguely familiar to March or April that happened in our own country? Sure, with, of course. Between the states? I don't know uh, where we can travel to. I don't know. Where, if I wanted to go somewhere, I don't right. know where we could go right now. Right, right. Um, we can't even go to New York. <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned, folks. <laughs> Divorce rates surge during the pandemic. Divorce rates are rising due to the added stress and strain brought on by COVID-19. The pandemic has brought on a variety of hardships for many. Even if you've been fortunate enough to avoid catching the virus or having lost a loved one, there are plenty of other factors that increase stress during the pandemic. The lockdowns and stay-at-home orders have left couples in difficult situations, with 31% of couples saying that the lockdowns did irreversible damage to their relationship. Data also suggests that recently married couples struggle to handle the stress brought on by the pandemic. And then, of course, you've got financial stress, homeschooling children, the despair from the pandemic, this all adds to stress that an individual may have. And it may 
be too much strain for couples to handle. Financial strain can also, of course, cause marital dissatisfaction like it did in the 2008 financial crisis. In the 2008 recession, divorce rates dropped even though marital dissatisfaction rose. Now, the reason is that divorce is expensive and many couldn't afford it, especially with the high rates of employment. But even still, Doc, I mean, you know, we say it again and again, just another another wound that's being uncovered by COVID-19. Yeah, Doc, these are tough times. Although the financial strain and employment struggles are experienced a lot of people right now, the additional stress of lockdowns and the caged feelings seems to be a catalyst for dissolving some marriages. The interest in separation peaked on April 13th when many states were around 15 to 20 days into their lockdowns. Being forced into the house can be a catalyst for dissolving marriages. Division of labor, arguing over chores, taking out the trash, cleaning out the litter box, and the dissolution of life-work balance due to working from home all add to strain put on households as well as healthy coping mechanisms outside the house being put on pause during the economic shutdowns. Doc, we just keep talking about it. This virus has touched every phase of our lives, and we have to figure out a way to turn to each other to figure it out because we're we're in this for the long haul. You don't take out a litter box. You have dogs. I take out the, I clean out the litter box. That's what I said. You have a very handsome cat. I do have a handsome cat. (laughs) And you have a lovely little little, little pooch. (laughs) Yeah, he's morky. Thanks for listening to the Noise Filter Daily Podcast. Dr. Derry and I have a daily show at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time where we go into more detail on stories and answer your questions about COVID-19. You can find Doc Griggs at DocGriggs1 on social media, and you can find me at Dr. Mark Allen Derry or at D-R-D-E-R-Y. You can follow us at Noise Filter on Instagram, Noise Filter NOLA on Twitter, and for more information about us and the show, you can go to NoiseFilterShow.com. Hey, Doc Griggs, any last words? Remember, get checked, get fit, get moving. And remember to get some rest to boost your immune system. And Doc, protect yourself and others by staying home and please wear masks when you go outside. Remember, health is a human right.